The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. It's great to have you. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. And for those of you in the more northern climates, I hate to tell you this, but it's a beautiful sunny day here in wintry Dallas with a balmy temperature of 72 degrees and sunshine. So I know a rough winter. Uh, <laughs> I had to share that. Before we get into today's program, you know I have to thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you are not familiar with them, Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation. They are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. I appreciate their partnership. We're both trying to help people connect with the work they want. So for this week's conversation with us is Mary Miller. She has a pretty amazing story to share. By the time she was 30, she had met all of her career goals and came face-to-face with her overachieving, perfectionist, and workaholic self. One decision at a time, she began to define and live her version of success. And now, Mary has discovered her passion to help women care enough about themselves to discover and claim their own dreams. She is the founder of My Dream Catalyst, which equips women to to define their own version of success by offering articles, e-books, and books, including, most recently, The Birth of a a dream catalyst, unlocking the dream from within. Mary Miller, it is a pleasure to have you with me here on the Working on Purpose program. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Elise, and thank you for rubbing in the warm weather. It's in Dayton, Ohio. It is about mm, 20 degrees. <laughs> I know. I, I, took a ta- I took a chance there, and I knew that some of my listeners probably just left already. But hey, stick with us. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so I, I want to get into the the thing that first things first, Mary. I mean, I have a lot that I want to get out of you here in the short time that we have together. Um, and I think that a lot of listeners are going to find it pretty intriguing. This notion that you had you had managed to achieve your career goals by the time you were thirty years old. I just don't know anybody else who's told me too many of those kinds of things. And so that accomplishment in and of itself is completely amazing. I think it would be great to start by learning a few of those early aspirations in this early part of your, your career. Will you give us the general skinny? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and thank you for asking. I want to kind of set the stage a little bit before I talk about this. You know, work has always been my thing. I was even born on Labor Day, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. Let's just grab that for just a second. Listeners, did you hear that? She was born on Labor Day. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. Keep <laughs> And yeah, I did pretty good in school, but work was really my domain. I, you know, and I always liked challenges. And so, we decided decided to go to college. 
I actually picked a school that was pretty challenging, had a lot of credit load, and was very competitive. So I've always been a fairly competitive person. And because of the type of school that I went to, I went to a, a private engineering school, and I got a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. But the way that it worked is I went to school for three months and worked for three months for five years, and I had to do an undergraduate thesis. And so picture you're in high school, it's June, you graduate, you start college in July. Wow. And so I went through that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, and, um, but it's a really good program. And so by the time I graduated, I had two and a half years of experience, and it was, it was a lot. So it was a very good education. And so we, we had like a 98% placement rate because we already had a certain amount of experience coming out of that program. And so my beginning career aspirations were actually pretty simple. Um, you know, I wanted to make six figures by the time I was 30, and I figured to do that, I had to get my MBA or an advanced degree so I can move up in the organization either by being a subject matter expert or by being a leader. And that was, that was really my plan. It wasn't um, much more complicated than that. And so kind of the ones that I saw my career with was, okay, what do I need to do in order to achieve that goal? And my first position uh, I took on kind of naively because I liked the position, but I knew that they were underpaying me compared to the other jobs that I, I had gotten. And that particular job, after uh, the first year, I did really well, and I you know, did a really good job and made a lot of improvements in the manufacturing plants where I was working. And I was expecting, like, I don't know, 15% raise. <laughs> and, yeah, I got, like, three because um, I got Ooh. the normal raise. And so I looked at that. I'm like, well, that didn't work the way I wanted it to. If my, I only have so many more years left to, to do what I want to do. And so I actually took a risk and switched um, disciplines. So I was working as a pro- project engineer uh, for manufacturing technology right out of excuse me, um, right out of college. And I was a little bit bored, and I wanted to do something that had more components to it. And so I switched disciplines to software application engineering at a different facility. And they also had the, um, the benefit where they provided assistance for advanced degrees. So I'm like, okay, well, part of my plan was to get my MBA, so, so let's try this. So after working there for about three years, uh, I had finished my MBA after traveling a lot and and kind of working working on um, different things out of state. So I would travel out on like Sunday night, be gone the rest of the week. I come back Saturday. I had class Saturday, do laundry, and then fly back out Sunday. So did that for wow. two years. How long did yeah. you do that? About two years. Two years. Okay, that is intense. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was, it was really focused. But the thing for me was I always had these expectations. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my degree, then I'm going to get promoted. So I got the degree, and then I went in and talked to my boss and said, well, you know, there's a lot of growth going on in this company. It looks like you need help in these areas, and, you know, there's something else that I could do. And it was a small business. It was about, two at the time, 250 people, and there wasn't really any place for me to go. And so I kind of became frustrated and um, with not having a promotion right away, I was also very impatient, if I'm honest with myself. And so I, I took a, you know, I started looking for another job. I said, well, if this wasn't going to help me get on my path, then let me do something else. I was able to switch disciplines. And long story short, I took another job. And a couple of days before my last day, my boss asked me, he said, well, how do you know that this is, you know, 
not a good place to work. You've only worked in two places. How do you know that the place you're going to is going to be worse or better? You know, it's like, you really don't have that much experience as you think that you do. It's like, you only have to work in, you know, for three years. I'm like, oh, well, if you had my co-op, it's been five. So, um, long story short, he actually talked to the CEO. So my last day, I had, um, a conversation with the CEO that kind of started like this. Larry comes in and he says, well, I heard that you don't like us. <laughs> nice. And I'm, yeah, and I'm, you know, in my early 20s at the time, and I said, well, do you really want to know? You know, are you, because they weren't, like, offering me another job. So that this particular conversation, um, they could have taken a look at me and said, okay, you're really young and naive and you don't know a whole lot and just kind of dismiss it. And they said, well, what do you see? And I said, well, I see people that are working too much, guys that aren't home enough, people that are getting divorced because they don't have a home life. I see people being burned out, and there's a lot of things that you can do to fix that. We're, we don't have a lot of organization. There's you know, all these problems. You know, I see all these problems. And, and so they said something that um, I didn't expect. They said, okay, well, why don't you stay and help us fix it? Mm, I like it. And, yeah. And I'm like, you know, if you would have said anything else. <laughs> so I ended up staying for about three more years, that particular uh, location. I was promoted to supervisor at that point. And they gave me a chance. They they actually gave me the worst group in the company. Um, I had six people at the time. And they, um, they're very good technical people that didn't had really not been managed for years. And I'm a new leader, new leadership position. It was, it was really tough. Um, leading them and helping them make the changes, but they wanted to make changes as well on in their area of, of work. So by the time I was about 29, I had met my goal um, through a combination of a lot of different things. And I was managing at that time, we had grown the groups to about 40 people. I was managing two locations. So I went from supervisor to manager. And I was really on my way to branching out to be the director um managing business development of the services that I was running. And I really learned that I was a change agent more than a maintainer. Um, so once the group was fixed, I start looking for, okay, well, what's next? So that's wow. really the early part of, of that career. It really happened with um, that one conversation made a lot of difference in, in my career. I am um, happy Happy I asked that question, and here's what the wonderful thing about that is. I'm so happy to hear that this organization actually listened to you versus just let you slide right out the door and yeah. how that changed. What it, what it, that one single conversation changed the trajectory of your career. I think that is wonderful. I also think mm-hmm. it's really, really interesting that you refer to yourself as a change agent um, then, and here you are a dream catalyst today. So we'll get into yeah. that a little bit later, but I think that's quite interesting. Um, well, so I, I want to get into the next part here, which I think many, many of our listeners can appreciate. I don't know how many listeners that are actually on the line who read the show description, but we did talk about how you came to recognize a certain misery in what you were doing. Um, how, how did you, how, so were you 30 or how old were you when you recognized this misery and how did you really understand it to be misery? Tell us about that, that part of your journey. Yeah, I think, um, I wish, you know, I didn't wake up one day and realize I was miserable. It, that may have been easier um, to some degree. You know, it was really a process of self-reflection and um, letting go of denial. I really loved my job. I loved work. I like how work made me feel. I loved the sense of accomplishment. 
but over time, you know, little things in my world started to shift. It was one week a friend telling me that all I did was work and I was a crappy friend. Um, then I got married and my husband was upset because, you know, I'm like, okay, it's five o'clock. I'll, I'll be home at six and I'd be home at nine. Um, and the truth was, I really didn't care that much about having a life outside of work. And, and I, and that was okay for me for a while. And through my career, when I turned about, I think 29 or 30, the auto industry started to tank. And my husband actually got an opportunity to move to California. And so we decided that we would both move um, and that it would be a fresh start. I promise I'd work less. I learned to enjoy life and to relax a little bit more. And once I was back in the work environment in a different state, I really got stuck in the same patterns I was in before. But it was to a little bit lesser of a degree. But what started to happen is the shift started getting bigger. I started realizing um, different things opened my eyes. I started reading more books. I read um, Before You Quit Your Job by uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I started to get frustrated by other people's decisions. Like I didn't like how the client was leading the contract. And you know, eventually I really got frustrated with um, with how things were ran and how things were being done. And so I started to change my situation. So you know, we're in California, and I think I was probably about between 30 and 32. We actually asked to be relocated. Um, I relocated to Dayton, Ohio. It was a new position as a, as a program manager, like the general manager of the contract, I'm managing a couple of sites. And I think this was when I started to, I was back in my comfort zone, but I started to realize more and more things. And I was actually placed in a leadership development program through the company I was working for. And that was really my first entry into personal development, aside from me just reading books. And I learned, the more and more I learned about myself, the more I learned why I wasn't really a good fit for what I had been doing, why it stressed me out so much. And also learned that, you know, even though I liked accomplishment, there was other things to life than accomplishment that, that I liked. And that really started building the vision of the dissatisfaction that eventually built up to the misery um, was that, you know, it could be different and there's more that I actually wanted to life. And to this point, I think by the time I was, it was in 2000, 2010-ish, so for about 10 years into my career, the pace that I had been working at for so long that I didn't realize how stressed I had become. Uh, what really happened was I felt like crap. I started getting headaches. You know, my body was just like, okay, we're done. We're done doing this. We're done sleeping four or five hours. We're done pulling all-nighters. We're done, we're done doing this. And I started getting migraines and digestive issues. I started getting sick. And uh, so you know, I went to the doctor and got everything checked out. And, and I was thinking, like, I had cancer or something was, like, seriously wrong. And then she sits me down, and she tells me, it's stress. And I'm like, at the time, I'm like, give me a real diagnosis. That is not a diagnosis. Stress is not a thing. <laughs> you know, right? And which I honestly believe that at that time. But the thing that stress can actually do to your body, you know, I was really blinded um, for so many years that I could actually keep this up and blind up on my own drive and trying to do things to prove a point, not because I wanted to. So this whole situation drove to me taking a two-week leave of absence to function because I had gotten so stressed out. I was just, I was not in a position to lead anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, my body just gave out. My, and I 
really had no stress tolerance. And so I took the first day of the leave of absence, I actually felt almost night and day better. And I'm like, okay, I got to do something. Something's going on. I can't continue doing what I'm doing. And the problem was I, I didn't know what else to do. So with the job I had loved was making me miserable and it wasn't giving me the things that I needed, but I didn't know what else to do. So I went back to work and my boss, God love him. I'm still pretty good friends with him. Um, he said, okay, you know, so what, what do we need to do? And I said, six months from now, I need to quit. I need to figure out something else to do. I can't do operations management. I can't do day-to-day stuff. It just is too stressful for me. And he said, let's work on this together. We worked on a transition plan for me to leave. And I wish that would have been the end. (laughs) And what I actually did, though, is for the next year and a half, I actually took those same issues that I had realized what the misery was and had gotten to that point. Um, But I hadn't really dug deep enough to say, okay, well, besides just switching jobs, what's what's going on? What's going on underneath this? And so Mm -hmm. I switched situations again, but this time I started a business. Okay, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later. Is that right? Is this your, your actual uh, current business or something else? No, it's a different business. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a different business. This is a business that I started during that time. Um, and actually, it, I had tried it. Um, I took those habits and the things that I was doing, rather working too much, workaholism, but being blinded by um, really striving for perfection and for achievement. And... I just, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I, without changing my behavior, I wasn't successful and I ended up having to shut the business down. Okay. Let me stop you for just a second real quick, Mary, because we're getting close to a break and I want to make oh, sure okay. that we call, we call out a couple of things here. Um, so I, what I'll do is I'm going to drill down on a couple of things that you said there after the break. Um, and because there's a couple really important things that you said that I think we, we, we got to learn more about, but it is time okay. for our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Mary Miller, the founder of My Dream Catalyst, which equips women to define their own version of success by offering articles, eBooks, and books. She is the author of The Birth of a Dream Catalyst, Unlocking the dream from within she is also a contributing writer for a better me magazine we've been talking about a little bit about her background of what got her into her new field after the break we're going to learn more about her how she navigated through that transition and actually the work that she's doing today stay with us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice this America is the home Empowerment. Of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. 
To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Mary Miller, who has quite an interesting story and journey. By the age of 30, she had met all of her career goals and came face-to-face with what she realized was her overachieving, perfectionist, and workaholic self. Doing so set in motion a journey that has led her to where she is today, the founder of My Dream Catalyst, which equips women to define their own version of success. She's also the author of The Birth of a Dream Catalyst, Unlocking the Dream from Within. She joins us today from Dayton, Ohio. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. I want to pick up where we left off there, Mary, and I want to drill down on a couple of things that you said really quick. When you okay. talk about this idea of you know being driven by achievement and perfection and such, I got to ask, do you know what your Gallup strengths are by chance? Yeah, I think I remember a couple of them. I know one is achiever, one is responsibility, <laughs> includer, and strategic, and I forget the other one. Okay, all right. I had to believe that you had Achiever in your top five. Um, okay. Because I have a two. It's my number one. And it does cause oh, problems for us because it tends to make us, we, we work on the hamster wheel. Like it's never enough. You just keep going, 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 going. And people who don't have Achiever think, you know, what? why do you work like that? So mm-hmm. I figured that was the case. The second thing I wanted to call out really quick is this notion of your work making you physically ill. Uh, I had another guest on the show last year, Nicole Paysour, who was an attorney and left that to become a yoga instructor because she literally was manifesting almost the exact same symptoms that you were talking about. So oh, wow. I think it's really important that our listeners understand, you know, that our work can, can we can work on purpose and have it be amazing, but can, it can also really make us sick. And so mm-hmm. I wanted you on the show because I wanted people to understand, you know, start how to pay attention to those warning signs. And so you can start making your, your necessary changes before it becomes, you know, to the point where you are that sickened. So, um, I couldn't help thinking those two things when you were talking, so thank you for being willing to talk through some of yeah. that. I think that's a great point, too. With being an achiever, I always say, like, us driven, very driven, high-performing people, the rat race is within us, and that is a little bit of a different problem. So It is, and, and to that end, I don't know if this is related to that. Another question I wanted to ask you is, I want to understand maybe what's been maybe some of your biggest challenges during your own transformation as you work to create a better way for your life and your career. Um, what were those challenges, and, and how did you overcome them? 
My two biggest challenges tend to be um, managing my own expectations and staying motivated. I actually okay. write about those two things quite a bit because I'm always working on them. Okay. Um, staying kind of, motivated. You know, really, that, staying motivated is a challenge for you? I can't believe that, actually. Yeah. Really? Huh. Wow. It, okay. It can be. Well, uh, what tends to happen is I'm I very motivated, very disciplined, and then I have very extreme expectations. And if I can't meet them, then it's demotivating. But the okay. issue is really my expectations aren't realistic. Okay. And so okay. that's really how the, the two kind of ping pong off of each other. So, and that's really my biggest challenge is I'm either 120 miles an hour or zero. <laughs> mm. So I'm either very driven and intense or I'm completely without self-management. So th- that's been my challenge for a lot of my career. And I come out of it very quickly, but... To be even, to be balanced, to be content, does not come to me naturally. So and how so, did you overcome those challenges? What did you do? Or how well, do you handle it? It's probably ongoing. Yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of things. Like I, every morning I pray and I meditate on God's Word. That really centers me and fills me up for the day. Um, also checking with my husband a lot. We're enough alike, but uh, different enough as well to see if he sees things the same way that I do. So I'll say, okay, here's my expectation. Here's something that I want to do. What do you think? And because I, you know, he, uh, he he's very helpful checking in. Um, I get a lot of help from other people um, to kind of see what they're thinking and, and see what their advice is. And then also helping other people. Sometimes I just have to get out of my own life. And so mm-hmm. just stop thinking about those things. And so help other people. I do a lot of things like send cards, send gifts, do something completely separated to kind of take a break from, from what I'm trying to work on. Um, and feed myself with things that I love. Like I love drawing, I love writing, and those are things that I really like to do. So if I get stuck on, you know, I feel myself being unmotivated or I feel myself um, where my expectations are not aligned, a lot of times I walk away, do something else, and come back. And probably another big thing that I pay attention to my thoughts, you know, I'm a natural problem solver, which can also lend me to be naturally negative, and that's the engineering side mm-hmm. of me. That's exactly um, right. It's related. Uh huh. Yeah. So, like, kind of as, as, as in, you know, you might have this too, but when you're a hammer, everything's a nail, right? So, right. when you're a problem solver, everything's a problem. Right. <laughs> so... I, and I gravitate to a lot of those things, and sometimes I just have to walk away, and not every problem, I don't have to solve every problem. And so that has also helped me in, in that as well with those challenges. Okay, well, that's excellent. I, I, what I kind of heard out of that is you've, you've, you've learned how to hold up your mirror, if you will, around people like your husband. It sounds like you have a very great relationship with him, and he's a good friend for you. And you've just kind of learned how to, to self-manage. What I always tell people is that self-awareness is at the start. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you're very aware of kind of what's going on for you and, and, and how you might get yourself sucked down the drain. So uh, I think that's fantastic. And that does lead me to what the, the next thing I wanted to ask you is, because I want this show to be educational in nature and help allow people to help themselves in their own careers and help others, um, have you been able to discover any initial warning signs that women especially can watch for in themselves before they get t- sucked too far down that drain like we've been talking about with you? Yeah, excuse me, that's a great question. Yeah, I have. Um, and before I answer that, I was going to add one thing to yeah. self-management. I also have a coach. I mean, I also have oh, a coach Oh, good, good, good. Yes, okay. Yeah, because I can't see everything myself, and so that's been very, very helpful. I can't believe I forgot that. So 
But um, so some of the clues and some of the things when you, you know, starting to feel yourself go down a path of not no return, but a place you don't want to go down. Like if I had to do this over again, I wish I would have noticed these things. And it's things like, you know, if you have free time, but all you want to do is work. Or if you have time off, vacation, and you struggle to go to work. So it's it's kind of the extremes. Like you work mm-hmm. so much, you don't want to go in. The thought of work, you know, gives you anxiety, night sweats. Uh, you can't stop thinking about it. Also, when you become, I don't know how any other way else to say this, but narcissistic, you're only thinking about yourself. You're only thinking about work. You can't listen to other people. You have a hard time. You zone out when people talk, so you're only thinking about your own ideas. Things kind of become about you, and if you're not that way normally. Um, And if your frustration level is so high that, I mean, I had to do this before you excuse yourself from a meeting because you have to go to the bathroom because you're so frustrated you want to scream or cry. And that happens to us sometimes, but this is when it's happening often, where your emotions, you just can't. You've stuffed them so long, they start to come out. They start leaking out. <laughs> you don't know what to do about it. Your health, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Um, and other things, too, like friendships. You stop being invited to things. Um, and looking at everything as a problem, being negative, um, feeling lost. Um, yeah, I could go on. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things. And one, I guess one of the big things is relationships, too. If you're considering divorce or looking at that because of work or because you think your husband's holding you back, that could, those could be true. But in my case, it wasn't. And so I started to look at everything was me-centric. And so when you fall into that for too long, that could be an indicator that, that, that there, there's an issue that you're kind of going down the wrong path. Hmm. Wow, what a good list. I think that a lot of us are probably nodding our head for at least a couple of those. <laughs> um, I Thank you for that. That that it might be a wake-up call for some of our listeners that are on the line right now. Uh, maybe not, or maybe they recognize that list in some people they know or who are close to them. So that's why I wanted to be sure and ask you that because... You know, I'm a big fan of work, but at the on the other end of it, it we need it to be a good a good work life integration for ourselves, and and I do too. That's important for me too. At having an achiever is my number one. Um, so I could relate to a, several of those things that you said. Uh, it's sobering. Awesome. It's very sobering. Yeah. And I like the word that you said, integration, because I think as perfectionists, balance is not achievable, so you can get stressed out trying to be balanced. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's exactly right. In, in fact, I purposely word. use that word because in, in my line of inquiry, which is meaning in work and identity, we don't use necessary work-life balance anymore because that seems a little elusive, but work-life integration seems a little bit more possible, so a little more you know likely. So yeah, that was a, that's an intentional phrase. Um, I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then another thing that I thought about, Mary, when you were talking is I, I, I wondered, because you said that, you know, helping other people helped you a little bit, you know, writing cards, et cetera. And I then wondered about your actual business, my, you know, the dream catalyst, um, if that is part of, you know, this is the way that not only are you helping other people, but it helps you kind of stay in tune. It, is it or what do you think? Oh, it totally is. I think. Oh. Yeah. Why? Well, Say more about that. that. Yeah, because when you go through something and you've been through so much, you feel like you want to use it and you want to help other people. So, like, like the list I just rattled off, I wish I would have known that. And so just 
giving your mind off yourself and helping other people is so big. And so my dream catalyst, the reason why it's my is it's not, not mine, it's the person reading it, it's theirs. Okay. It's their dream, it's what they want to do. My dream catalyst is there to guide them and help them along that journey by giving them tools to help them think, you know, think and make decisions. And so it's my way of, of taking my skills and talents and creating content to help people think so they can go on the path of fulfilling their dreams and, and figuring out what that dream is. Because when I was going through my journey, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what else I could do. You know, that, that, took, that took a certain amount of time to figure out, okay, what are my, you know, strengths, like the strength binders? You know, what, is my, what are things that I would do if no one paid me, basically, to mm-hmm, a certain mm-hmm. degree? And so for me, it's also fulfilling my dream catalyst is my dream. You know, also writing a book was also one of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I have your book. I love it. Thank you very much. It's and we'll talk about them. that in just just a second. And I, I I think it's I think I well, and I want to hear more about the spirit. Why don't we go ahead and talk about that right now? Because that's one of the things I wanted to get into your mission first of Dream Catalyst. But uh, let's talk about your book first, and then maybe we could talk about the mission. So I've read it. It's you know, it's a beautiful allegory. So say more about what you're you're trying to do with the book. Why did you write the book? Yeah, thanks. Well, initially I wrote the book. Um, well, initially I wrote a story. <laughs> so I wrote the allegory in, I think, 2013. After I'd gone through a really big transition and, and, and self-learning. And for me, it was a way to describe the emotions I was feeling in the transition that I went through. Because I really went from stuffing all my emotions internally to learning what I was good at, to healing, to going through all these different elements of transformation that are so hard to describe. And so for me, the best way to describe it is to tell a story. And so the story um, really was written for me for closure, but then after I wrote it, I had this idea, well, if I can bring the story to life by illustrating it or by having pictures associated with it to help the woman who is where I was, identify that something's wrong, it's okay, and there's hope. So the book is really meant to be a catalyst to help someone that has gone through or in some part of the stage where they're not unfulfilled with their career, they're really frustrated, they're angry, they don't know what's going on, they don't know what to do about it, and they kind of feel lost, but they don't. But they're also very strong, very achievement-oriented, and they've never really talked to anybody else about it. And so they kind of don't know what to do. And so the, the book is really there as a catalyst to help them identify what's going on. There, there's four characters, and we did a, um, just real quick, the, we did a photo shoot to actually act out the scene. So each character in the book has a different actress who plays her. Yeah, and I've I've seen that, and I think it's it's extremely effective. And I'll be I'd love to hear. We're going to talk a little bit after the next break about maybe some of the actual work that you're doing and how you're helping some of your people. And I would love to know um, if you've heard. Have you had any feedback from readers about how they identify? I know that you were trying to connect with their emotions. Have you had any feedback from your readers about that? Yeah, I've had a couple of readers that you know have read it, and a few that have read it, and it really. Um, woke something up within them that made them to decide to do something. You know, one had started um, going down the path of switching careers, one hired a professional coach. Um, so there's been a couple of cases where I've gotten feedback from readers 
that have said that, yes, this really hit really close to home for me. The, you know, the pace of my life, the unrealistic expectations I place on myself, why I'm frustrated. You know, these are all things that I can change. These are all things that, you know, the only thing that's trapping me is me. And that's mm-hmm. really the conclusion that help people realize what part of you is trapping you, what part of you is holding you back. And it's different for everybody. So that that's really why it's interesting to me to see the feedback because everybody identifies to different things within the book. Yeah, I can imagine, right, it calls out different things, just like what when you gave your list of symptoms, if you will, you know, there were certain ones that spoke to me more probably clearly than others would. Uh, so that makes sense. Uh, so when did the book come out? Was it? 2014, or when, when did it come out? It was uh, launched on Thanksgiving 2015. Okay, wow. Very fresh, very fresh. And I yeah. guess while we're on topic, where can listeners get it? Is it on Amazon? Is it on your website? It's on my website under the store. It's also on Amazon. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll talk about it at the very end as well. But I want to make sure, since we're talking about the book, if anybody's sitting there with their pencil and going, where can I get this? Um, Amazon or, or your website, which is mydreamcatalyst.com. Um, okay, great, 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 great. Uh, we have just a couple minutes before the next break here. I want to sneak in one more last question if we can. Um, I have to believe that you you have to be incorporating some of your own learning experiences when about your own transition when you're working with women. Is that true? And if so, what what does it look like? Yeah, that's right. You imagine right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. it's very true. <laughs> I, I love storytelling and writing, so I incorporate my own lessons learned and experiences to those that that I, I work with and serve. Um, one of the main reasons is I believe stories really connect us to the emotions buried within us, and so I also use other people's stories too. Like I've done a couple of interviews myself um, with people that have been through transitions. And just to see what their stories are like, because everybody's story hits somebody else in a moment in their life, and it helps them change. Mm-hmm. And so anything I can bring to the table, other people's story is my story, um, to help emphasize the point of, okay, this happened to somebody else, they overcame it, you can do it too. Because none of us are, all of us are special, and none of us are special at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say I do and hold that thought. We're already at our next break. Believe it or not, it evaporates so fast the time. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Mary Miller, the founder of My Dream Catalyst, which equips women to define their own version of success by offering articles, ebooks, and books. She is the author of Brand New, The Birth of a Dream Catalyst, Unlocking the Dream from Within. She is also a contributing writer for A Better Me magazine. After the break, we'll hear more about what she's actually doing to help women in their in their transitions and toward their dreams. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
we're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. If you're just joining us, my guest is Mary Miller, who has quite an amazing story to tell about her journey. By the age of 30, she had met all of her career goals and came face-to-face with what she realized was her overachieving, perfectionist, and workaholic self. Some of us can relate to that. Doing so set in motion a journey that has led her to where she is today, the founder of My Dream Catalyst, which equips women to define their own version of success. She is also the author of the brand new book, The Birth of a Dream Catalyst, Unlocking the Dream from Within. She joins us today from Dayton, Ohio. We've been talking a little bit about how she came to discover just the misery that she was in and what she needed to do to to get out of that. Um, and so I thought what we could do here next, Mary, is is talked with our listeners who might be very much relating to, oh my gosh, you described me, that's me that you're talking about. Um, the workaholic thing, the achiever, working all those hours, everything else has kind of been closed off. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're in, maybe they recognize I'm in this very state of discontent that you just described. So what advice or resources can we offer to these people today to give them some help? Yeah, no, I think if there's anyone, you know, people listening right now that really don't have this message, the first thing I would say is breathe and smile, because you're going to be okay. Your statistics <laughs> for getting through hard things are 100% up until this point in life. <laughs> yeah. So you will, yeah, right, we overcome things and we forget. Um, but there's really three, three main things, and one is to learn how to be still, how to meditate, how to enjoy solitude, and I have a number of articles about that on my website, and um about being being present, so you just go to mydreamcalis.com and click on blog and just search for present or solitude. Another thing that helps is really finding out what's holding you back and identifying the areas that you need to work on. And I spent a lot of time going through exercises and things that would actually help my readers navigate um, their own self-discovery to see what they're good at. So there's a couple of things on, on the website, too. There's 10-question quiz that helps people determine what's holding them back. 
And once you take the quiz, it's free. The, oh, the cost is your email. But um, you take the quiz, and it will identify the things that are holding you back or three year, three main areas of improvement. And each of those areas will link to different articles to help you work through those different areas. And it's not meant to be, this is who you are, but it's really meant to be, okay, where you are right now, what are you struggling with? Here's some help. Um, and another thing is to, and I had to learn this, so I don't say this to, I wouldn't say to somebody else, I said it to myself, is to really stop complaining and use that energy to do something. There's a lot of negativity when you're a workaholic and when you're a perfectionist, and there's a lot of things that you feel like you can't do. You feel like everybody is, is putting you under the gun. And the reality is no one's going to fix it for you. And the sooner that I learn that myself, the better. And there's a couple of hard conversations with people that I didn't want to talk to after I had them um, that I really needed to hear. And so it's it's really true. And the best thing you can do is take a step forward when you feel discontent to build your vision and reflect on your life. What can you do about it? How can you make it better? And so my book that Elise has been talking about, The Birth of a Dream Catalyst, is really to help build that vision. You know, it's a short 50-page book, and it helps help you to build a vision of what's possible. And then I also have an, an e-book as well. It's called uh, Five Proven Ways to Discover the Life You Were Born to Live. And this is all about self-paced, self-discovery. It's five chapters. And it helps you get to dig in to get to know yourself at a deeper level. So if one of the things that you don't know is if you were to leave this job, what would you do? That helps you navigate and figure out, okay, what am I good at? What are the things I like? What are the things I stopped doing that I like to do as a child? And so it really goes through the exercises I went through myself to help you uncover those things so you can annihilate that discontent because that's really what you want to do so you can move on with your life. Wow. what That was a list, Mary. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was a wonderful list. And I definitely want to remind leaders that they can go to your website, mydreamcatalyst.com, for all those resources. I want to take the, the 10 the ten um, questionnaire thing. That sounds interesting to me. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the things I can't help asking you, Mary, as I've heard you talk, because you keep talking about your work with women. Do you work with men? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny that people ask me that actually a lot. Um, and, and really, when I first started my Dream Catalyst, I had a lot of people, got feedback from a number of people, and the first, my first few subscribers were actually men. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I initially targeted women, um, and that is, you know, I am a woman, I understand my, my journey, and I don't pretend to understand a, a man's journey, but at the same time, I think really my focus is high-achieving, high driven, type A women and men, they have a lot of common. And, and I believe that those men and women of that type of personality have more in common with their personalities than within their genders. But the problem is, is that most people identify with their gender first. So I've come to also, men have bought my books, men have bought my workbooks, and eventually I would like to also um, collaborate with a couple of coaches to help men as well. So I've kind of... Um, been working with them too so it's, I'm not excluding them it's just that a lot of my marketing and everything is focused on women because that's really my story okay well that helps and I asked that question because I, I do a lot of work with both men and women too and I do find that that type A driven type A personality you're right I mean it's it's comprised of both both genders and anyway that's why I wanted to ask you that question especially given your background as an engineer I would think that you'd be able to relate to a lot of those kinds of people as well, who many of whom, many of whom are men. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I, can, okay. I think that, yeah, I think that both um, aren't going to step forward and say, I have a problem. You know, it's, it's a process. It's a process like I had to figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. It is a process. And I, I have to tell you, I keep hearing that too in life. So many things are a process. And for somebody who is achievement oriented and wants a firm finish, the idea of a process sounds <laughs> like there's no finish to it. Uh, and that's, yeah. I think, overwhelming for some people like us who have that, that achiever mentality. Yeah, and I think, but I also think that's the first thing you have to realize. I remember early on, you know, some of the help that I got actually, you know, had some counseling for a while. In the first session, I said, okay, what are you going to do to fix me? And she's like, well, that's not really how this works. You have to work on yourself. And I'm like, I'm paying you. So <laughs> so I totally understand what you mean. Like, I want a solution and I want an answer. Right. Um, but the thing is, it, it, this doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. No, I I do get that. I'm right. I'm being, you know, just sort of calling out the obvious, but I, I do get that. And, and you know, I, I as an achiever myself, I want to go, all right, here's what it is. Let me go execute it. Right. <laughs> right. right. It, and yeah. as you say, it doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end of the program here already, Mary, but I want to make sure that we, you get a chance to help us understand a little bit of maybe how you've helped some of your readers. You've mentioned a couple of things, but I mean, as a result of your books or your workshops, um, have there been some situations by reading your content or what you did with them together in the workshops that you've really helped them work toward their dreams that you can talk about without giving away any identities, of course? Yeah, I can talk about a couple. Um, I mean, there's... I- there's someone that, you know, I've really helped them to see how they could use all of their talents and no matter what they do in life, um, they've been stretching, stretching themselves and stretching their business. So they really expanded their business and started doing things they originally hadn't been doing. And so that's another interesting aspect of this too. There's a number of business owners that have identified with the message that have been in business for like 20 Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. They want to change. I didn't expect that to be honest when I, when I started doing this. Um, so that was interesting. And also, there was somebody, um, you know, my writing really hit close to home for them. And they really stepped out and looked to um, switching careers and started the process of working in their passion, working in their passion on the side. And they're, so they're doing both right now. So they're taking actions uh, towards what they want to do in their dream. Um, I also threw a lot of my writing and things that I've done and a couple of workshops also have someone that started their own business and um, is really more fulfilled now that they've stepped out and, and done things on their own. And a lot of it is um, awakenings, um, people that were in, say, one business that started a business that was more like their personality. So I also have somebody that I work with that was kind of in a franchise business and then went on to start a yoga practice as well. Um, and so it's very interesting as I follow them through the years, you know, there's, there, there's, there's changes as, as they're progressing. I remember a client one time had, um, was looking at career transition and she went to an event and she, you know, after reading a lot of, a lot of my work and working together, she said, uh, I was at this you know, really big gala event and I realized these just aren't my people and I don't want to work here anymore. And she's like, and, I, and, and your writing gave me permission to make that decision. <laughs> oh, that's powerful. Yeah. It's, yeah. Some of the, it's the smallest things where it's me writing something gives somebody permission to put the reins on their own life. Mm. And that's, 
that's fantastic for me, and I don't feel like I've done anything, but I have. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how how incredibly wonderful for you, and 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 it does kind of make me think about. I mean, you've talked about this in 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 other places. Um, how does purpose and intentionality come into play w- within your reader community, and maybe even with you too? Speaking of that, yeah, I mean, purpose and intentionality are huge. Especially for um, people, a lot of my readers, you know, are working professionals and you might be starting something on the side or doing this work and my workbook's on the side, so there's not always a lot of time. So being intentional with your time especially is, is really is a, is a huge thing. And to be um, grateful for what you do have, so to focus on being abundant, it's really easy to fall into scarcity mindset. I don't have enough time, I don't have this, I don't have that. Well, if you stay there, you don't get anywhere. And so that's really staying positive, staying motivated. Those are really, really big things that that matter within my community and within myself because without abundance and without gratefulness, you you know, you don't make good decisions. You're not able to help other people. You you get stuck again, (laughs) right? So that's really the role that intentionality plays. Okay, great. Well, we just have really just maybe one minute or so here, if you would. I like to be able to give my guests the last word, if you will, Mary. And this program is all about the world of work and how people can more meaningfully connect with it. So what final thoughts would you have to share with our listeners relative to meaning in work and meaningful connection to work? Um, I think that, you know, like you're saying, work, work is very important. It's important to our lives and our livelihood. But work is not just about your job. You have to think about your life holistically. You do work at home. You do work for your family. You do different tasks for people. And, you know, when you spend 40 hours or more a week, be intentional about what you do for a living. You don't have to do what you're doing. You have a choice. So I would ask yourself, are you living your, the life that you're intended to live? Are you living in your giftings? Do you know what your giftings are? And if you don't, there's a lot of assessment tools and things out there that can help you figure that out in addition to the things I provide. Because once you're working and you're gifting and you're doing what you're put on this planet to do, the world's a better place. And to not do that is actually a disservice. Mm -hmm. I agree, Mary. What a great way to finish. I want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy day in life to talk with us and share your wisdom and your experience. Thank you, Mary, for being with us. Thank you, Elise, very much for having me on the show. This was wonderful. You're great. Thank you. Back at you. Um, If you want to learn more about Mary Miller and her work as a Dream Catalyst, please do visit that website. We've mentioned it a couple of times, but it's mydreamcatalyst.com. So we've learned a lot about her own journey and what it is to be a workaholic, etc. And I think I can relate to a lot of that. I bet some of our listeners can too. Um, Our conversation next week will be with Charmaine Solomon, who is one of the founders of an organization here in North Texas called My Possibilities, and it's a full-day continuing education program for adults with disabilities. She currently serves as the chairman of the board, having been the founder some time ago. She is an example of someone who has found her passion at work literally in her own backyard. So My Possibilities was born from her need to find ongoing education opportunities for her own son. And she built a whole school around this effort and continues to expand the campus. She has some really amazing plans she's going to be sharing. And her hope is that this is a legacy for her son. I think it's a beautiful story. A great example of someone who is working on purpose and looked for it and found her mission right in her own backyard and at home. And so we've been talking a lot about work. I always like to remind my listeners, remember that work is at least one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. See you next week.
We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.